0: Hi, welcome to episode three of KataCast. Uh, again, want to give credit and thanks to Jeremiah Davis and his kids uh, for the uh, opening theme music. Now, this episode is part two of a presentation that Mike Rother gave in Quebec back in May 2015. It was titled The Challenge of Developing Lean Management. Now, episode two of the series was the first part of the presentation where Mike talked about scientific thinking patterns. In this part, uh, part two of his presentation, he's talking about deliberate practice or kata and the combination of t- those two things, how that's powerful together. So if you wanna see the entire presentation, uh, including a video of Mike and his slides, the forwarding URL is www.leanblog.org kata3. Thanks for listening and now here's Mike Rother. And now I'd like to talk about the
1: other side of the coin. We talked about scientific thinking. The other side of the coin is deliberate practice, or kata, for developing scientific thinking. Unfortunately, a model is not enough to change our behavior, not enough to change our thinking. I wish that it were. I think there are a lot of researchers in the world who create a model, something like this model up here, and say, there it is. I've explained it. Now please, go make it happen. Right? And it would be neat if that worked, but it doesn't work. Just because you put a model out is not, the, is not enough to change, create change. So scientific thinking, is it something we're born with, something that certain people are born with, or is it something that's learned? And it is by definition something that's learned because we are, because of the bias, because we see the cat on the chair, but it's actually the jacket, because we make the quick judgments, scientific, we're, we're, we're terrible at scientific thinking as human beings in a natural state. We don't come equipped to do scientific thinking, it is by definition a learned skill. So, let's go back to the two research questions, remember question two, how can other companies develop similar routines and thinking in their organizations? That's that second question I find much more interesting. And what's interesting here is um, we spend a lot of time copying Toyota, but actually Toyota has a, a different problem. Toyota has a different goal than we do. Toyota is trying to maintain a particular organizational culture as it grows rapidly in the world and has been growing in the last 15 years. We, on the other hand, are engaged in a process of trying to change our culture, trying to change behavior and thinking in the organization. Those are two very different objectives, two very different tasks. So at this point, I don't think we can really copy Toyota anymore because they're working on something else. So what does it take to change our thinking? Uh, Let's do another little experiment. Please get a piece of paper and a pen, or a pencil. Uh, What I'd like to do is, when I say go, sign your name five times with your normal hand. You already know what's happening here, but it makes a good point. so I want you to sign your name five times your normal way, and when you're done signing the five times, please raise your hand. And I'll try to stop the stopwatch when about mm, half of the room has accomplished it. Sign five times, raise your hand when you're done, ready, go. Some hands are coming up, hands are coming up. Okay, maybe that's about half. All right, great, thank you. That's uh, 18 seconds. Three seconds faster than the Americans. (laughs) All right, you know what's gonna happen now? Let's, so we're, we're thinking about what does it take, let's go back. What does it take to change the culture in the organization? We're trying to change the behavior and the thinking of the people in the organization. Let's instead do a small change. Just one small change. Please switch hands. Okay, same, same procedure with your non-dominant hand. Please sign your name five times when I say go and raise your hand when you're done. Ready? Go. Go. Okay, hands are coming up, some, yeah, when I see about half, I'll, okay, maybe, maybe that's half now, okay, thank you, 38 minutes, 38 seconds. 38 seconds, compared to 18. Americans, (laughs) they're still working. We're sending in a drone. Okay, how did it feel the second time compared to the first time? How did it feel? Awkward, frustrating, I agree. Unnatural, awkward, frustrating, those are such great words about your change process in your organization, right? Awkward, frustrating, unnatural, right? Exactly, exactly. So why does a second time feel odd? Now, by the way, now you have an engineer talking about the brain, so please uh, enjoy it with with caution, right? Um, So... We have to be more conscious about things we haven't done before. We have to be more deliberate, and it slows us way down. So we have this brain that weighs three pounds, you know, I don't know, a kilogram, a little over a kilogram, this meatloaf, but it takes about 20% of your body's energy. So the brain, the body, the brain is constantly trying to conserve energy. It it will shift as much as it can to automatic responses. Imagine if you had to decide everything. When you start to drive a car, where do you practice? Parking lot. Why? It's easier. Well, you, you will survive, right? Because the, the, the brake, the clutch, the gas pedal, the, the gear shift, the, the checking with the head, all of this is new, right? And you have to consciously think about it. When you're doing that, what are you not paying attention to? The road, right? Today when you drive, uh, you know, do you think about where the brake pedal is and that kind of thing? Not at all. So you can spend your cognitive resources, or your brain's energy, on what else? On what? The road in front of you and navigating that territory, right? So the brain will make things automatic so that we can, so we can conserve energy. So the brain creates and prefers habits for safety and efficiency. Unconscious thinking enables us to get through the day by taking care of routine decisions and conserving brain energy. You only have so much cognitive resources. Unconscious thinking is very fast and instinctive. Oh, that's a cat. Uh, while deliberate thinking is slow and intentional because it costs a lot of our energy and attention. For those of you who are interested you can see on the left we have uh, billions of these synapses in our brain and uh, here's a trained synapse There's very little resistance. The signal flows very easily. On the right is an untrained synapse, something we haven't done before and it has a very difficult time transferring the signal. We slow way down, we have to be deliberate. On the left is signing your name the way you always do, on the right is signing your name with the other hand. So we have a lean dilemma, okay? How did it feel the second time? Different, difficult, weird, uncomfortable, uh, awkward. Um, We have well-established neural pathways for signing with our dominant hand, automatic, fast, comfortable. And we default to the already established thought and behavior patterns because they conserve mental resources. You're gonna sign with your normal hand. So here's the dilemma. We want to change to working scientifically according to something like the improvement kata pattern in our organization. That's what Toyota's been doing for 60 years. However, we naturally tend to stick with our current ways of doing things because they use existing neural pathways that require much less energy. So the message of my talk is that we are screwed. Uh, I'm sorry, and that's the end of the talk. Best of luck to you. You could could end there. Uh, It's possible. So information and incentives are not enough to change behavior and thinking. It's very easy to go on the web and find many different lean courses here. Creative problem solving, problem solving workshop, 8D problem solving, lean and Kaizen course, on and on and on. The content of the courses is correct. The content of the courses is useful. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take the course, but that alone will not change our behavior. That will not change our behavior. That's just like taking a course and they say, well, you should write with your other hand. And then you go home. You're not going to do that. So let's take a look at how the brain actually acquires new patterns, how we acquire new habits. Yes, please play the video. Perfect timing.
2: Not so long ago, many scientists believed that the brain did not change after childhood, that it was hardwired and fixed by the time we became adults. But recent advances in only the last decade now tell us that this is simply not true. The brain can and does change throughout our lives. It is adaptable, like plastic. Hence, neuroscientists call this neuroplasticity. How does neuroplasticity work? If you think of your brain as a dynamic, connected power grid, there are billions of pathways or roads lighting up every time you think, feel, or do something. Some of these roads are well travelled. These are our habits, our established ways of thinking, feeling and doing. Every time we think in a certain way, practice a particular task or feel a specific emotion, we strengthen this road. It becomes easier for our brains to travel this pathway. Say we think about something differently, learn a new task or choose a different emotion, we start carving out a new road. If we keep travelling that road, Our brains begin to use this pathway more and this new way of thinking, feeling or doing becomes second nature. The old pathway gets used less and less and weakens. This process of rewiring your brain by forming new connections and weakening old ones is neuroplasticity in action. The good news is that we all have the ability to learn and change by rewiring our brains. If you have ever changed a bad habit or thought about something differently, you have carved a new pathway in your brain and experienced neuroplasticity firsthand. With repeated and directed attention towards your desired change, you can rewire your brain.
1: That's the best video I've found so far that explains in, in two minutes, kind of you know how it, it kind of works. It, it's not quite that mechanical. I think if an engineer looks at that video, the brain is suddenly like a machine, right? It's not quite like that, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but the video is available on, on YouTube and maybe we'll send out the link for the video so you can use it. There are a few other videos I'd like to share with you too. I'm not gonna show them today, but we'll give you the links. Um, so here are some ingredients for changing our minds. Here are some ingredients for developing new skills. And, and this is the second question, right? How can other companies? How can other companies develop uh, similar patterns of thinking and acting in their organizations? And we're struggling, or working on, uh, we're struggling with that question, and we're learning a lot. And and so please view this as information from along the way. It's not you know there are other ingredients too, but number one is just daily practice, right? Uh, and then number two, if you want to practice every day. Uh, You need to have something to practice, particularly for beginners. So that's what these kata are, these starter kata, these routines. And by the way, daily practice, it's better to do 15 minutes a day than to do one hour once a week. It's much, much more effective to do a little bit every day. Uh, You do need coaching. This is the third thing. Now, there's a lot of talk about coaching in the lean community right now. But it's not just general coaching or life coaching or that kind of thing. It's very specific. Uh, This is a kind of skill-building coaching that is specific to the skill you're trying to learn. A soccer coach is not going to be able to coach you in playing golf. So the coaching is a corrective feedback mechanism. And I think you showed the Karate Kid movie, right? Right. Uh, so, you know, for those of you who have seen the movie, he, he's polishing a certain way, and the coach has him, no, 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 do it this way. W- why is the coach correcting the learner? So they make a habit the right way, right? Because if you practice anything, it will become a habit, right? Pretty quickly, too. It's kind of uh, c- dangerous. So the coach has to make a correct... I like this picture. You see how the coach is actually physically rearranging what the learner is doing so that they practice the right routine, Later, the learner may not need to have that corrective input because it has become a habit. And the fourth ingredient here uh, I'm calling mastery uh, or maybe just the feeling that I'm getting better, the emotions of the learner play a big role. And those of you who have partners may have noticed this. Someone can practice something over and over and over again, but if they don't really want to practice it, if they don't really want to learn it, then it doesn't matter, they can practice it 100 times, they won't acquire the habit, right? Um, so the learner has to have a sense of, I'm getting better, I'm mastering this. Now some learners will come into whatever it is you're trying to do to develop your culture, they'll come into that with, uh, they want to do this, they're on board, maybe you are good examples of that, right? But there are many other people in your organization who are probably more like, like this, right? And um, we had uh, one company in Germany, Siemens, said, ah, because of this effect that brain science is telling us that we must have a positive emotion about the practice, otherwise the practice won't work, we must first convince our people to be positive about the practice. And we said, if you find what can convince your people, please send it to us immediately. We have never found anything. Which means the learner has to develop this sense of positive emotion along the way. Again, those learners who come in and say, right from the beginning, I wanna learn this, they're on board, great. But I think the majority of our learners are probably gonna be like, "Mm, this is painful, wait and see, I've seen so many programs come and go, whatever it is, right? And it becomes a task for the coach. Uh, And it's it's pretty subtle. The coach has to ensure that the learner is stretched and nervous, but succeeds. It's the coach's responsibility to make sure that the learner succeeds, and not constantly succeeding. You don't make progress constantly, but periodically the learner has to have a sense for, hey, I think I'm getting better at this. And um, maybe I can mention from the side, it's not in the presentation, that's the human condition. Right? I think I'm getting better. I think I can get better. And and maybe that's what we're trying to do with the Improvement Kata model, which is like many other models, is simply to practice a systematic, scientific way of working as groups of people to achieve difficult, but interesting things. And how different is that from let's go out and look for opportunities to eliminate waste. In fact, I don't know how you can keep a team motivated about eliminating waste for more than maybe two weeks. And uh, it's very easy to keep a team motivated about things that are really difficult to achieve, but we are making a sense of progress, and we're we're making a sense we're getting a sense of getting there. That's what we're talking about here. So, a couple of uh, uh, sobering lessons for the lean community: if we only periodically conduct training events and only episodically work on improvement and the rest of the time it's business as usual according to neuroscience what you're teaching is business as usual so if you look in the diagram here if those are days of the week and the red this is where we make an improvement and then this is just working as usual the brain scientists would look at this and say ah you are teaching this You're, you're teaching the business as usual what this means is The coaches, it has to happen every day, a little bit every day, so the coaches have to be the middle managers. They can't be the lean department. How many in the lean department? Okay, well I don't want you to feel bad because the managers need a coach too, so there's still a job for the lean department, right? But we have to move this into the line functions in the organization if we actually want to change, develop and change the culture of the organization. Pretty interesting. Um, Number two, coaching, we've talked about it now, very important. Um, ironically, to learn how to coach, the managers first have to learn how to do. This is a big problem. We'll come back to that. So for coaching, there is a coaching kata, which is, again, a starter routine uh, for coaches. I won't go over it here. We've talked about uh, the learner has to have a sense of progress or a sense of mastery. Um, and then finally, kata. You practice kata at the beginning, so their pattern becomes a habit. They're just for beginning See this little device here for golf? I don't play golf, but it's a little thing you, you put on your your wrist so that you hold your hands properly. You wouldn't use this forever. You only use it to create that fast neural pathway like signing your hand. What would happen if you signed your hand, excuse me, signed your name with your other hand every day for a month? What would happen? You'd get better at it. That's what a kata is right there. That's all it is. So uh, instead of just having a model, the improvement kata has practice routines for each step of the improvement kata, and that's the key piece in terms of answering the question of how can other organizations develop uh, these kinds of habits and patterns of thinking and acting in their organizations. You need to have some kind of practice routines with coaching and so forth and so on. So we have starter kata, or there are starter kata, for each step of the improvement kata. Now, we don't expect people to use these forever, and sometimes we'll go into a company and we'll see the routines, the practice routines from Toyota Kata, and they're permanently put on the wall. But that's not really what they're for. They're just to get us started, so that these patterns become kind of habitual. Then the practice routine becomes less and less necessary. So it's like a rocket to get us started. Um, I have a video here, but I didn't give it to you. I didn't realize we'd have quite this much time. So I'll send you the link to this video. Uh, it's it's a, two people at Merck, actually, doing a coaching cycle. When you watch this video, it's very stiff. It's an early coaching cycle, and it feels kind of stiff, and people watch the video, and they're a little bit uncomfortable about it, right? But what, did, what were the words you used to describe when you first started writing with your other hand? Awkward. What's that? Backward, Backward. unnatural, right? So here we are, And, and think about it, you're gonna try to change how you're thinking and acting by practicing a different way, and the first experience is gonna be awkward, stiff, unnatural, right? Can you see the extent of the challenge that you face? Can you see the role of coaching? Can you see the role of constructive feedback or corrective feedback coming from the coach? Can you see the role of the learner periodically getting a sense that they're mastering the skill? You know, it's not the pizza party to celebrate, look at all the waste we've eliminated. It's the pizza party to celebrate, wow, getting more skillful, right? It's a different thing. We will send you the link to this video. So the challenge of creating lean management, the goal of this presentation basically is to help make us aware of what is the task we face. And I think think lean has had kind of an easy sell for the last 25 years. You go into the senior people and you say, hey, this is about eliminating waste, reducing cost, improving efficiency, improving quality. There's not a leader out there who's going to say, no, 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 I don't want that. That's a pretty easy sell, okay? But we're learning more now. I wanted to talk to you about some things we're learning about lean. We're learning that it's a little bit more than that. It's, it's kind of a behavior modification process, a conditioning process inside a, 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 a Toyota to, to learn some scientific skill. And when you say to the very same leaders, oh, well lean is actually about learning how to think and act scientifically through a lot of deliberate practice every day on real things, not fake practice Uh, and the managers are the teachers, which means we have to get all of our middle managers skillful in this routine first before they can teach someone else. Already the leader is probably checking the watch, you know, okay, I I wanted to make better results for the next quarter, whatever. You've probably lost 75% of the people who said yes to efficiency and I think that's okay there are different ways to run a a successful organization. But I think we should go into this with our eyes open and say this is the challenge we face. I'm here to tell you it's a marvelous challenge. It's highly enjoyable, highly diverting, and as you can probably imagine, the skill set that you're teaching at work, the scientific thinking and acting, spills over into daily life. In fact, and I don't tell this to a lot of people, I didn't want to write the Toyota Kata book. There was no intention to write the book. Um, We were interested in how practical the improvement Kata pattern is for everyday life. But as we thought about it, where do people learn their habits? And I think people learn quite a few of their habits at work. And so we wrote a book for about work, practicing improvement Kata at work, but frankly my bigger interest is that we learn this pattern, learn to think and act this way and that it does spill over from our workplace into how we uh, uh, teach our children, how we handle political situations. Um, You know, maybe we would make a fence around Prince Edward Island and all experiments are first tested there politically, right? (laughs) PEI, people can't leave, we take the bridge back out, you know, it's it's, it's one idea. So there is maybe a shift going on to something you might call 21st century lean and so on the left hand side you see what we did in the 20th century with lean, the late 20th century, uh, you know periodic improvements. That's really shifting to daily improvement and daily practice. Um, 20th century there was a big focus on lean staff, create the lean promotion department. Uh, 21st century the focus is really on that middle manager. Those middle managers are the coaches and teachers teachers in the organization. You know, lean from the last century was about eliminating waste, and I think lean this century is more and more about what do you want to achieve, what do we need to achieve in our organization, what do we need to achieve in our team. Uh, Getting there, of course, is a challenge. If managers have to be learners before they can be teachers, wow. This is where we're different from Toyota. Toyota already has a lot of experienced coaches. We don't. Yes, we have no coaches. Um... What do we do? You can apply the same improvement Kata pattern to this organizational level challenge. That is, what's our goal at the organizational level? Where are we now? What's our next target condition? And then we can start experimenting in that direction. It is a universal pattern in that sense. Okay, the only thing I wanted to tell, the other thing I wanted to tell you about, I just wanted to mention Kata in the classroom. Um, it's, it's more difficult for adults to learn new habits than it is for children to learn new habits pretty obvious sometimes. So we're starting to take, the last year, uh, kata into the classroom. These are middle school students in science classrooms, and they're doing a simple one-hour exercise on the improvement kata pattern. We're actually trying to influence the teacher so that the teacher will use the pattern again and again. But instead of lecturing the teacher, we simply do an exercise in the classroom. The teacher does an exercise. We show them how to do it with the improvement kata pattern. If you're interested in it, by the way, there's a website, there's nothing for sale. Everything is for free. Uh, it's called kata2grow.com. Uh, and so that's an activity that's been going on. And you know, one way to create scientists is to take adults and try to change the behavior, get them to write with their other hand. Another way to create scientists is to begin with young people. So best wishes for your practice, and I mean that, it really is kind of a practice thing. Invite you to visit the Toyota Kata website um, Sylvain, you, you put the book up there in my picture, that's very nice. Uh, but the book stays the same. The Toyota Kata book doesn't change. McGraw-Hill is happy to keep printing those. Um, but we keep learning things and so we put that on the Toyota Kata website. There's nothing for sale there but as we learn things we stick them up there.